perspective. And welcome to the Table of Perspective, where we take a deeper look into how the internal narrative of an individual determines their response to life itself and all it entails. Today, I am your host, Bula, and I'll be covering a little bit more about Unoffendable by Brand Hansen. In our previous show about this specific book, I shared a little bit about what it entailed and who the author was, and we'll dive a bit deeper into some of the concepts that he offers in just a moment after our first song. Please enjoy. not entitled to our anger really and that is the opening statement that Brandt Hansen offers and previously I didn't actually share some of the other books that he did write the other one that he has written it's actually a recent one from 2022 it's called The Men We Need and, and then he goes a bit more into how 
basically, I guess it's the manlyhood of being a Christian. And then we have Blessed Other Misfits is a 2017 release. So he has quite a widespread of different books that you can choose from. But one thing I'll 100% advise is I absolutely love the way that he writes. It's really like an easy conversation and it's so in-depth and it's so profound. There's really nothing that I could really complain about the book and its author. So yeah, I'm going to go straight into the chapter about how we're barely smart enough to be stupid. And I shared a bit more of it in the last one, but I wanted to continue because the statement that follows encapsulates the whole book quite well, really. So it says that Jesus's next statement is worth looking at closely. In light of new research, you cannot add any time to your life by worrying about it in Matthew 26, sorry, in Matthew 6 verses 27. The research says that stress can even make our DNA appear older. Remarkable. Stress, the response to threat, is designed to equip us to live longer. And yet being anxious doesn't lengthen our lives at all. It ages us. It shouldn't be surprising to me, I guess, but I'm struck again by the genius of Jesus and also the love of God. That he would talk to us in such a tender manner still makes me pause. He made us, he knows how we operate, and he watches us. Alone among the creatures of the world, taxing our bodies by imagining threats and thinking things that haven't happened. We're silly little things. Just as we've invented righteous anger, quote-unquote, we've justified our worry. Our constant sense of threat and insecurity. But Timothy Keller tells us that worrying is, ultimately, simple arrogance. Naturally, if you love people, you're going to worry about them. But do you know where constant worry comes from? It's rooted in an arrogance that assumes, I know the way my life has to go, and God's not getting it right. Real humility means to relax. Real humility means to laugh at yourself. Real humility means to be self-critical. We hold on to worry because we don't trust God. We hold on to anger because we don't trust God. We feel threatened because we're insecure, and we're insecure because, surprise, we don't trust God. When you start practicing, you realize choosing to be unoffendable means actually, for real, trusting God. The sooner we start this, the healthier we'll be. Not just now, not just physically, but long-term and spiritually. C.S. Lewis wrote about this lifetime trajectory and how little things wind up shaping our entire existence. In The Great Divorce, he writes, Hell begins with a grumbling mood and yourself still distinct from it. You can repent and come out of it again. But there might come a day where you can do that no longer. Then there will be no you left to criticize the mood, nor even to enjoy it, but just the grumble itself going on forever, like a machine. Choosing to be unoffendable and relinquishing our right to righteous anger means an unplugging of this machine before it gets going. If security were based on reality, Hollywood stars would feel secure in their fame. They don't. Powerful politicians would feel secure in their power. They don't. And good-looking people would feel secure about their good looks. Guess what? I am insecure, says Cameron Russell, a supermodel. She explains, if you've ever wondered, if I have thinner thighs and shinier hair, will I be happier? You just need to meet a group of models because they have the thinnest thighs and the shiniest hair and the coolest clothes and they're probably the most physically insecure people on the planet. The most physically insecure people on the planet and therefore are the people most easily threatened regarding their looks are supermodels. So what have we learned from this? If your security is based on your looks or property or achievement for that matter, you're in for a life of stress. But whatever it is that you think you need, 
Once you get it, if you ever get it, there is no guarantee that you won't lose it. Speaking of security, I once met the ultimate dude. I was in Afghanistan working with the hospital network Cure International, and they assigned him as a security to make sure I didn't get killed. Let me describe his awesomeness. He can speak Dari, the local language, because he's smart. He's also six foot four and in perfect condition. He can handle weapons because he's a special forces veteran. He's got combat experience. He looks like John Hamm and appears, no lie, 20 years younger than he is. Did I mention he was smart? He's owned restaurants, apartment buildings, and several very successful medical businesses in the United States. And he's an inventor, developing tactical wear for dozens of militaries and police forces worldwide. So yeah, he's impressive. Oh, I forgot to mention, he's theologically astute. His dad was a chairman of the board of one of the most top seminaries in the United States. And oh yeah, he played big time college football. He started on the defensive line for Big 12 team. He does walk with a slight limp, but even that seeming vulnerability becomes impressive when you hear the story of how he hurt it, jumping out of a helicopter on a mission. So I'm already feeling inferior. But when we walked into Cure's hospital, the top plastic surgeon at the hospital, Afghanistan's top doc at healing children from disabilities, came running over to us, shouted the ultimate dude's name and embraced him. Why? Because the ultimate dude taught him how to do the plastic surgeries at the hospital. He's a surgeon too, one of the best. I neglected to mention that. And by the way, when I met the ultimate dude, he was getting ready for his wedding. He was marrying a runner-up in the Miss Universe contest. Some of his celebrity friends would be there, like the best-selling international thriller authors who use him to help them shape stories. I'm not making this guy up. He really exists, and I like him. He's such a great guy and a huge blessing to many people in many countries. Cure has healed so many children, done so much for the least of these, and the ultimate dude has been part of it. It's all amazing. If I were that guy, I would have had a hard time not just walking around thinking, I'm so awesome, I can barely stand it. So he's a Christian and also great looking. Tall, athletic, wealth making, beauty queen marrying, special forces serving, celebrity befriending, weapons bearing, multiple language speaking, business starting, cutting edge equipment inventing, world hopping, child saving plastic surgeon. And here's one more thing, he's insecure. He told us as much, he really struggles with it. He feels as though he's trying to live up to something and doesn't know what. And he's feeling as though he's falling short. I'm so thankful for his honesty. Though my first thought was actually great. Now he's authentic and likable too. But as he told us over dinner, that is just how he is. And he doesn't want to be this way. I believed him and respected him more when he admitted it. We can all relate. But still, why? What could you possibly need to do besides all this? I don't know, he admits, I really don't. <laughs> That's quite a humorous segment and I'd love to just share the, the part after that kind of wraps it all up. But we're going to go into our second song right now and then we will continue off. I gotta be glad to be back Feel good to be alive, I got my family back 
Cause he holds it all together, got my family intact Don't get it twisted if the consequence of tragedy lasts Yeah, I know you see the flights to Miami and back But y'all ain't see when I was broken and financially strapped But I couldn't pay my mortgage and I was sleeping on the floor In my mama's house, homie, practically stripped Y'all see me right now, new record on shelves With a mic and the stage, how I'm protecting myself Y'all ain't see how that scene was affecting my health How the mess that I was in was affecting my sales that affected my wealth Trying to eat like a mouse in the cupboard Trying to sleep Heat in the house with the oven But the devil speaking through me Like the mouth of a puppet And all the guilt that I carry When I'm out in the public Yeah So don't do it Cause we did it And God spared us Don't do it Cause we did it And God spared us Yeah Cause you reap what you sow But I know that by the power God spared that I ain't going back 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 Finish up on page 114, speaking about the ultimate dude, Brent Hansen continues on with saying, The lie for most of us is that we'll all get there, quote unquote, that we'll somehow, someday, make it to a point where that thing, that whatever, that we need to be secure is finally ours, and we don't need to be threatened anymore because we've made it. But there is no there, quote unquote. It's such a pervasive lie. This notion that security comes from something beside God himself, that professing Christians even, accomplished people in Christian culture, inhale it. Most of my friends who work in Christian radio would agree. There are many in our field, along with many Christian musicians and authors and pastors and actors who radiate insecurity. For whatever reason, they're still pulling, chafing and striving for the applause. And there's simply never, ever going to be enough of that. We can put a Christian veneer on our striving, but it's insecurity nonetheless, made even uglier by our attempts to place it in a quote-unquote ministry context. That context often allows us to fool ourselves and once again justify our selfish motives as quote-unquote righteous. We think some level of applause will satisfy us. We are delusional. 
It may not be fame for you, but if you find your value, your glory, as scripture refers to your self-worth, in anything besides your identity as someone loved by God, you are never going to be truly content. That means ever-present threat, which makes offended a way of life. And that state of constant threat, that way of life is deadly. And I'm just going to close off right there as we're going to chapter 15. Like I said before, I highly, highly encourage anyone to get this book. It is so refreshing to read and such a joy, actually. And now as you started your new year, 2023 in January, I think that this would be the right foot to step on, especially when going into a new perspective of how you're going to determine your responses to life itself and all it entails, really. So yes, this is not only an eye-opener, but a real encouragement in every shape and form. And just to close it off, Dallas Willard says that anger is the most fundamental problem in human life. So that's all from me. I hope that this was somehow encouraging. I do hope you pick this book up and maybe even gift it to someone that you know. And have a great day further and we'll speak again soon. Cheers. Bible says that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. It's not all up to him. He's invested in us what is necessary to make effective change in others. Effective change in our families, effective change in our neighborhoods, effective change in our cities. I look at the city of Philadelphia right now. I was just telling somebody, a lot of people, when they see me on a train, they ask me, Truth, what you doing on the train? They can't understand why I catch the train and I catch the bus. And I can't explain it to all of them. <laughs> but the reason why I still catch the train and I catch the bus is because it helps me to stay connected. Helps me to stay connected to what's going on in the city. Helps me to stay connected to what's going on in urban life. So that I know I stay sharp in thinking about how to effectively minister to them. And I look at the city of Philadelphia right now, my heart beats and burns like never before. Like never, ever before. I mean, maybe when I was like 16, that's the last time my heart burned like this for my city. But my heart literally burns for my city. Where next year, I'm going to be grinding. I'm going to be rallying up the troops. And we're going to take it outside of the unplugged atmosphere. And we're going right into the thick of it. We're going to be incarnational, for real. We're not just going to throw the, throw the word around because it's popular. We're not just going to throw, throw the missional word around because it's popular. We're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to actually be, not just talk. And so I pray that we have this mind that God has given us the grace to be. <laughs> the grace to be what people need. When we walk into a room, there's a treasure in us that the world needs. There's a light in us that the world needs that dispels the darkness. Blessed are those, the Bible says, who snatches their brother out of the gates of the depths of hell. Think about that. Now, if you were to just say that without reading that in the scriptures, you would think that's blasphemy. You don't have the power to snatch somebody out of hell. That's what the Bible says in the book of James. Blessed are the brothers that take the initiative, see another person headed in the wrong direction and fights for them to snatch them out. Because we can change the world. We can change the world. 
We can change the world. We can change the world. We can change the world. We can change the world. Power's in you. Power's in you. Power's in you. All the power's in you. Power of the resurrection, power of God is at work in us, through us, to make effective change. We can change the world, oh, oh, yeah. We can change the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay updated, stay entertained with Active FM on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Spotify, Anchor, and everywhere else. Engage with us, like, posts, comment, share them out, retweet, retweet, and repost. Spread the word. Active FM. Radio has never been better.